0: And I was like, just do it. It's your husband. Just do it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Writing in Real Life, a podcast about writing, parenthood, publishing, and marriage. I'm Morgan Baden, and with me is my co-host and my husband, Barry. Hey. Barry Liga, I yeah. should say. Yeah,
1: people might start to wonder. There
0: are a lot of berries out there. Or
1: they might think it's Barry Goldblatt. Right. Since Libba since was here last, last week. week. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, speaking of, yes, Libba was here last week. So I want to give a special thank you to her for subbing in for me. Yeah. And franking, frankly, blowing me out of the water.
1: No, she was. <laughs> I don't know about that, but she was really good. And I, I sort of. We should talk about this because I kind of hate her. <laughs> because she's good at everything she does. It's yeah. really annoying. Like. You know, she's good at podcasting, she's she's a Pretty great good singer. Writing. She <laughs> plays the drums really well and she's a decent writer at least. She's I not mean, bad. She's serviceable. <laughs> And yeah. <laughs> and I mean it's sort of annoying. Like there's gotta be something she's bad at.
0: You know, I I have a friend who growing up was just naturally good at everything. I like hate, never
1: I hate those people.
0: Never like the number one, but always like top three yeah. out of everything she tried. And she would be like, Hey, I've never played tennis before, I'm gonna pick up a racket and she would like beat everyone and yeah. you're know, like, How does that happen? Anyway. So we um, hate Libba. <laughs> speak for yourself. No, but seriously, thank you, Liba, for subbing in um and I hope I hope more people listened and liked what they heard and um, I also think that we'll probably bring in some more guests, yeah, podcasters. it
1: was it was fun. We'll definitely do that at some point we We know a lot of people between the two of us, yeah, so it would be cool to bring more people in. Maybe listeners can write in and let us give us a wish list of who <laughs> you would like to hear on the podcast. yeah, I mean and be reasonable. We'll see if we can make it happen.
0: It's not gonna be Madonna, but you know. Oh, it could be Madonna. (laughs) Madonna. Where did that come from? I have no idea (laughs)
1: where that came from.
0: Neither of us are Madonna fans. Okay. Anyway. um, So the reason that Libba subbed in for me last week is because I was away for a few days. I went down to Florida with my sisters and my mom for three nights. That is officially the longest I've ever been away from the baby. Yeah. And also the first time I think I've ever been away from the baby without you.
1: Yes. Right? Yeah.
0: So it was a little funny, I have to say, you know, um I was leaving very early Friday morning. Way like before five in the morning. I, yeah. yeah, we literally had a six thirty flight. So I left even before she woke up. So when we put her to bed Thursday night, um You know, I I knew I wasn't going to be seeing her for a few days, and we put her to bed, and I walked out the door and burst into tears, which I wasn't expecting. It was just like a little bit of anxiety, right? Um, But as I expected, she was, of course, amazing. You and your mom did a great job, as you always do.
1: She's still alive. That's (laughs) that's how I judge success.
0: But I have to say, it was weird. I the, the first two days I was away. I couldn't look at other babies. I I would start to get upset. Um, So it started to become a joke with my sisters because they'd see a baby and be like, turn away. Your eyes, your
1: eyes. Um, And it's funny because when she was born, about two or three weeks after she was born, I had to go away for a few days to Chicago. And I missed her, but... I didn't lose my mind, you know, I didn't have to not look at other babies, you know, it it didn't upset me to that degree. Yeah. And I wonder if that's just the difference between moms and dads, I wonder if that's just the difference between you and me, or if it's because it was so soon that she was still so new that that I hadn't hadn't fully connected yet.
0: Yeah, that's actually a really good segue, um, because... Courtney Martin, who is one of the writers and I believe founders of feministing.com and has written some great nonfiction books. Um, I just read a post that she wrote about being a mom.
1: Okay.
0: And we'll link to it in the show notes. But there was this line where she says, I breathe two times as much now that I'm a mother. Huh. And I always sort of say, I've always sort of thought that the, the biggest difference in my life pre and post baby is that when I'm not with the baby, I feel this extra part of me that didn't exist before. Like she honestly just sometimes feels like this invisible extension next to me. So like when I'm at work or whatever, I obviously she's not with me, but I feel very much like she is always with me. She's my little buddy. And and anyway, she's just this, this whole extra extension of myself. Um, so I, I just really liked what Courtney said there about breathing two times as much because it's true. And, um, it's a good peaceful link to it, but yeah. how, how different do you feel? I, I know that's a loaded question, but like, do you feel like, like when you're not, especially you spend a lot of time during the day with the baby, of yeah. course, do you feel like something's missing when you're not with her?
1: Yeah. Usually it takes a little while though. Usually it'll be a few hours and suddenly I'll go, wait, Where's wh- the baby? where, why am I not looking in on the baby? Why yeah. am I not doing something baby related? Yeah. It it takes a little while to, to click in. Yeah. And, and and it's almost like it's almost like suddenly I'm like, wait, there was that thing I forgot about. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. How could I have forgotten? And then I'm like, no, 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 no. no. It's, it's not my turn.
0: That's funny. Cause you know, the, the day before Halloween, we went to NASDAQ to help open the markets because RL right. Stein was opening them for opening NASDAQ for Halloween. And, uh, that's like a big thing. And you bring families and kids right. and whatnot. So we went with the baby for the first time. And so it was kind of a hectic morning because we had to go all the way to Midtown. That's a long subway ride for her. And then, you know, have her during the market opening which was a lot of activity going right. on and then we took her back to my office and she played with everyone we literally sat in a circle on the floor of my office with a whole bunch of other co-workers um just watching her it was really cute right. and then this and then that and then you took her home and it was this really funny moment where like half an hour after you guys left i was sitting at my desk and i was suddenly like realizing that I was still so frenetic from the morning Uh, from like, because that was a pretty frenetic morning. And obviously when you have a one year old, they get into a lot of things and you're always on top of them to make sure. So I, I I, I totally know what you mean just because it suddenly hit me like, wait, no, the the baby's not mine right now. (laughs) (laughs) She's not my responsibility. I don't need to know where she is right this second. Um, anyway, it was funny. So, so something else exciting happened this past week,
1: which is, which
0: is, I am back in the game, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Morgan is back in the game, ladies and gentlemen.
0: (laughs) I'm going to insert my favorite, one of my favorite moments from one of my favorite teen movies, which is 10 Things I Hate About You, when Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in the car and he goes, and I'm back in the game. (laughs) Um, So that's how I feel right now. So basically what happened was I've been thinking about what to write next. Right, And I've been going back and forth on things. I dug up, as I I think most people do, most writers do, I dug up some old stuff that I was in the middle of and tried to see if I should be working on that. What should I be doing? And then when I was away on vacation, I had an idea and it sort of perfectly cements um, something old that I had done with this new idea. And I was like, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to work on. It's a brand new YA book. I'm doing it. Cool. And then Friday morning, I woke up a little bit early and the baby was awake and then fell back asleep. And I thought, well, I'm up. I may as well put myself to use here. And I sat down and wrote 500 words before That's the baby got up. Awesome! And I was really excited about That's that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. So it just feels good to be back in. I think what is really exciting isn't even necessarily that I'm actively working on it. It's that I know what I'm working on.
1: Right, right. Because, you know what it is. So now yeah. you have something to aim for, something to think about. Yeah. Even when you're not working on it, exactly. It's,
0: it's in my mind. It's
1: in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's that feels great. really good. That's great. Yeah.
0: So speaking of writing, um, you you are working on various things.
1: Yeah. Well, Ish. I'm I'm contemplating various yes. things. Yeah. I know that before the end of the year, I'm going to sit down. You know, I – it's funny because when we started this podcast, I was torn between two different ideas. Okay. And I sat down and spent – and was going to spend a little bit of time working on each one of them to see which one spoke to me more. And it turned out that the first one I started working on just captivated me and I just wrote it and finished it. Mm -hmm. So now, believe it or not, we're at the – almost at the end of the year – And I have five different ideas (laughs) that are all so different from each other.
0: And here's what I want to get into, which is because like I said, I was looking at a bunch of other things that I had sort of worked on in the past and ideas that I had fleshed out as recently as a year ago and had even started a couple of chapters on and none of them were calling to me and all of them I think are perfectly serviceable and I could sit down and and work on them and, and probably do an okay job with it, but um but i'm one of those people who needs like i need some sort of flash of inspiration well, for me to sure. to commit to it.
1: it it it's the thing that i've always said which which is the best thing to do with an, with a great idea is try to forget about it
0: oh i like that
1: and wait for it, wait for it wait to see if it develops into something uh-huh. it's the old treat ideas like children desperate for yeah, your love yeah. you know keep it's, sending them away until they come back with something good
0: which is funny because the newest research says about sleep is if you are trying to get to sleep and you can't,
1: you should try you to should stay do awake. the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Awake. Oh yeah. I read that a few years ago. Oh, where, okay. Where if you can't sleep at night, you should get up, go read a book, go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they point out that that you know when you're trying to stay awake is when you're most susceptible to falling <laughs> right. asleep. Yeah. They point out like if you ever tried to force yourself to stay awake in a boring meeting. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're drooling all over the conference table. It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. But no, you you need to. You know, when you have an idea, I I think a lot of young slash new writers in particular get captivated by their idea and don't realize that a premise is not a plot. Trademark Mm -hmm. copyright Jennifer Lynn Barnes. Thank you, Jennifer. Um, And as a result, they start working on something that there really isn't enough heft to it. Yeah, It doesn't have enough tactility. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have enough surface area to carry a story. It's just an interesting idea. Right. And I think the way, at least I, figure out, does this thing have the heft of a story, not just an interesting idea, is I just put it aside for a while. And if it's a real idea, it will keep occurring to me. With, and it'll keep – every time it comes back, it'll have something new attached to it. And eventually it will have enough things attached to it that it will have attained the shape – And the feeling of a story, not just an idea.
0: I'm wondering if we're talking about two slightly different things, though. And maybe this is a very nuanced difference, but there's, does, does an idea I have have enough heft to make it a real story? Right. Versus, does an idea I have, and I think it has enough heft and I can totally make it a story, but do I care enough to work, to commit this much time to it? Like, is the magic there?
1: Yeah. I, I would say that the two are probably connected to a degree. Mm-hmm. I would say that if you don't, that if you're not sure if you care enough, it's because there isn't enough there.
0: Yeah. Okay. And you
1: sort of realize that. Yeah. You know, it's your it's your brain's way of telling you, don't commit to this. There's no there there. Okay. You know? Uh, it, it's like going on a blind date and the red flag's going on, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. He seems okay. He (laughs) seems great. But why do I really not want to go on another date with him? Well, it
0: is true. It's like on paper, this person is my 100% match, but there's no spark. There's no spark, right. It's kind of like me and you.
1: Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) The way we just toil through this marriage.
0: Um, speaking of marriage, actually, this is another good segue. Wow. Did you look at my notes before the I show? I did
1: not look at your notes before no. the show.
0: So this is interesting. I read a really good piece in Fast Company and actually I sent it to a couple of my friends who have just recently gotten married. And I was like, are I you
1: meddling in people's marriages? Yeah,
0: basically. I was like, listen, I don't want to be presumptuous, but wow. I found this article very helpful and I thought you would like it too. And anyway, it's about, um, how to thrive in a marriage when two people have careers and they're both equally important. So how do you handle them without arguing? Right. So when you have two people who have careers and you're in a partnership, at some point, one of those careers probably has to take the back seat. just right. due to circumstances. And I see this all the time with, I have a friend whose husband is a PhD, just finished his PhD, and she sort of flitted about in different careers and has been not working full time for the past two full two or three years and yeah his his career takes the lead right now because he's the top higher earner right and he just spent a buttload of money getting his phd so it should take
1: damn it. well yeah, it, yeah yeah
0: so you know and I, I know that that happens a lot in relationships where one of the people is in academia because right. that obviously can lead you all over anyway this article in fast company was about how to do that without arguing and one of their solutions was schedule regular meetings where you talk about these issues. And I kind of wanted to do the like emoticon of the hands raised in prayer, holla, because <laughs> we do that. We have yeah. states of the union a couple right. times a year. Um, and I was talking to my friend Kate, and she says that she and her husband call them summits, uh, and they have summits. And I was like, oh, good. That like these are a thing. We this do is them too. We do, yeah. Um, so I, I just. I love that we have states of the union. The, f- I, the a lot, all the friends I've told about them laugh and they say it's hilarious that you guys like schedule time to talk about things, but
1: it really works. You know what, though? I, I mean, sure, it sounds funny, but I think a lot of people who don't schedule it just never do it. Yeah, uh huh. You know, I, I think there's this this notion that you shouldn't have to schedule the time; it'll just happen organically. Mm-hmm. But people are busy, right? People and are tired. busy and tired, <laughs> and and if you don't schedule things, you know, you're going to forget or you're going to blow it off, whatever. And so I, I, if it's amusing to people, fine, but I think it's responsible and smart.
0: Yeah, no, it, I mean, obviously it is Um, for us. I think it's really interesting because we know it's also a way of like letting your back brain do some work and letting your, because you know, you
1: you know, you have X amount of time before you have to talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. Think about it. It's not just, imagine if it did just happen organically. Imagine if one day we were both just sitting there and you looked at me and said, okay, Hey, let's talk about this right now. Right. I would be completely unprepared. Right. I would have no idea what I think or what to say or what to talk about. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have formulated any opinions or notions yet. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it just, it's not optimal yeah. to to do it that way. Yeah. Whereas this way, when we say, hey, you know what? Let's put on the calendar that on this date, you know, th- this night after we put the, b- put the baby to bed, we will talk about X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And it's like, great. Yeah. Now I can, two things. First of all, I can be prepared. And second of all, I know how long I have so I can blow it off until like the day before. Right. Well, you know?
0: third of all, it's like, I don't have to worry about it until right. then, right. basically, because it's like. I keep thinking there are a couple of big issues, big ticket items that you and I are talking about in our next state of the union, which buying is buying The old
1: arcade machine, <laughs> yeah.
0: um, which is happening sh- soon. Right. And it's uh, what I like about it is that for the past several months when a topic related to our agenda items, if you will, um, (laughs) has arisen. We don't need to focus on it. Like we we know we'll
1: talk about that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, don't worry about it yet. We'll talk about it. Anyway, it's just really interesting psychologically too, because the truth is you and I are having our state of the union in a week. Right. I, I know what we are talking about. I still don't know how I feel about certain things.
1: Yeah. And we're a week out. (laughs) I know me neither, but, but I feel like part of, part of the discussion itself is figuring out how you feel about things, you know, sort of through the, through the discussion. Yeah. Realizing, Oh, I didn't realize I felt so passionately about this or, Oh, it turns out I don't really care about that other thing. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I have to say, I, I'm not someone who reads a lot of nonfiction generally or like self-help books. Right. Um, I was just thinking about some of the parenting books that, uh, that I have that I've acquired over the past few months. Um, just sort of incidentally, like I didn't go out and purchase them. They were gifts or I found them at tables or whatever. Um, but when we were planning our wedding, there was a great sort of self-help wedding book, self-helpy. I don't know what the term I should know what this genre is because it's not like, here's how to be a better person, but it was about how to plan your marriage and your wedding in a practical way. Yeah. Um, it felt, so whatever. Like, it
1: felt like sort of DIY.
0: Yeah, it does. Doesn't it? Yeah. Anyway, it's called a practical wedding. Right. Um, the same name as a, as a website founded by the same person. But what I really liked about that book was it made us talk about really important things. Not like what kind of flowers do we want for the wedding, but like, why is this aspect of a traditional wedding important to you and not to me? And how can we bridge that gap? And I just remember thinking at the time that that was a really useful exercise.
1: Right. Um, Well, because it, it makes you think beyond sort of the surface of something and think about the meaning of it. Yeah. Like, okay, why do you care about, this mm-hmm. and once you figure out why you care about it because a lot of times we don't know right a lot of times it's just like no that is really important to me why well i've never really thought about it yeah and once you sort of unpack it yeah and realize why you care you you may realize no that means i have to have that thing mm-hmm. or you may realize oh i just need something that makes me feel the way exactly. that exactly
0: i can take the elements and then, of that feeling and then everything, everything
1: just opens up for you yeah. and it, it, the whole thing is is different and change
0: yeah Anyway, so I'm just really into these, like, communication outlets that are available to it's
1: us. It's certainly better than the people who don't talk at all in their It really
0: marriages. is. Yeah, 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 it really is. So, no
1: question about that. Um,
0: anyway, so I reckon, we'll link to this in the show notes as well, this past company piece, yeah. because I thought it was really yeah. useful. So, um, So... I want to circle back for a second here to the fact that you've got five ideas.
1: Five. Count them. That's one for each finger on your hand, assuming you have not been involved in an industrial accident or some sort of deli meat slicing Tragedy.
0: Do you know, fun fact, one of my sixth grade math teachers was missing half of his index finger. Wow. And all of us, I mean, we were 11. We thought it was hilarious and weird and he would like make jokes where he pretended to shove it up his nose, but it wasn't really there. And we all thought it was the funniest thing. And I haven't thought of that man since, since then. That's really funny. Yeah.
1: So yeah, five, five different ideas. And I think they're all pretty darn cool. They're all very different from each other. Yeah. Uh. And so I'm going to spend about a week working on each one of them uh, towards towards the end of the year, and uh, and just see which one calls to me the most, yeah. and and just see what happens.
0: But so meanwhile, I have been reading something from you, a yeah. very old book that yes. the, the last thing you wrote before you Fan sold boy, your first book, before
1: Fanboy and Goth Girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Here's what's interesting about it: it is not a genre I would normally want to read. Correct. So I want to talk about how do you critique or even not critique, but just read and try and be helpful, um, a genre that you don't read.
1: Yeah, I know. And you know, I have had this problem in the past where, you know, somebody will have me read something and I'll say, look, you know, um, I didn't think this part worked. I didn't think this element made sense. I didn't like this character, whatever it happens to be. But then I'll say, you know, but I understand this may be important mm-hmm. from a genre perspective. This may be a trope that this genre requires. Yeah. It would be as if if I were reading, say, a romance novel manuscript for... For a friend, yeah, okay, and we have a friend who writes romance novels. Yeah, so actually, that's, I want to so talk about that. That's not impossible uh-huh. that this could happen. Uh, you know, I generally don't read romance novels. I'm familiar with them. I have read them, but I generally don't read them. I'm, I'm not well read in that category. But I know there are certain. Um, I don't want to say rules, but I know there are certain things you do and you certain know, things you don't do.
0: And the truth is that I think that they are rules. Yeah,
1: yeah, and and. Those And those are things that I may or may not like. And if I were to read this manuscript, I would have to go into it saying, oh, yeah. look, you know, this didn't work for me, but that might not mean anything for your audience. Yeah. But I'm just telling you, it didn't work for me.
0: Yeah. That So a romance novelist, a very successful one who I adore, is in my writing group. And the rest of us are YA authors. Right. And I will say I have learned a ton just from her critiques, not not even of me reading her stuff, but of her reading everyone else's. And because there are elements of most romances that, yeah, th- there are these beats that you have to hit in certain, in certain areas of the book. Right. And they work for a reason. And it's been really illuminating to me um, trying to read her manuscripts and critique them in a, in a helpful way. Like I said, not knowing anything about the genre, but understanding as I go on that... This moment here is really important. And, yeah, it has to happen here, even if I maybe think it should happen sooner or later or whatever. Yeah. But so here's the thing is that I – can I talk about the book? That it's a Western?
1: You can say it's a Western. Okay. That's so it. So it's
0: a Western. I, I'm right. I'm reading your Western.
1: Yeah.
0: And Westerns make me want to die.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're not hugely popular.
0: No. So –
1: so that's why I wrote one.
0: <laughs> Rebel author. Rebel author. <laughs> so it's been, but but it's just, I, I'm sort of trying to take like the observer's point of view as I talk about this, because I think it's psychologically interesting how I've been trying to approach this, because I have truly had to force myself to read the first probably 50 pages. And I was yeah. like, just do it. It's your husband. Just do yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Horses, desert, dust, yeah. sagebrush. I know. Like, I know.
0: God, kill me now. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously, I know. So, I, so that was very difficult. But I was like, keep going. He wrote this whole damn book. I've got to <laughs> read it. There's got to be something in here got to be me. something.
1: It can't just be a guy on a horse for the whole damn book.
0: <laughs> but it is. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! It's 500 pages of a guy on a horse. <laughs> um. So... So here's the thing is that, and you and I haven't even talked about this book yet. That's true. You told me to stop reading it a few days ago. Yeah. And I ignored you and continued reading for a couple more days. Yeah. And now I have stopped. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I want you to tell me the rest of what happens. Yeah and, yeah, yeah. and I'm happy to give you feedback. But it's been really fascinating because no, this is not a book I would ever pick up off a shelf. Yep. It is not a book I, if this were any, literally anybody else on the planet, Barry, I would not have read as far sure. as I did. Of course not. And And it's not because it's bad. I actually ended up.
1: I mean, let's not be let's not mislead people. It is bad, but that's not (laughs) why you wouldn't have.
0: But there are elements of it that are really good. And the the test I always use to determine whether something is worth my time or not in terms of reading is when I put it down and hours go by and I still find myself
1: thinking about um, it,
0: almost feeling nostalgic for it or yeah. feeling like I'm missing something huh. um, like I'm missing a part of me and then suddenly realizing oh no it was the book was I was reading book, yeah. yeah so that's what started happening with this which huh. to me is always a good sign yeah um, but anyway it's just one of those things I, I don't know how to talk about it with you because I don't know anything about westerns right. I don't know how they're I don't know just like romances I don't know what those beats are supposed to be yeah sure Um
1: neither do I Okay. No, seriously, yeah. neither do I. I mean, I, I am not a huge reader of Westerns at yeah. all. I've read maybe two or three in my life. Uh-huh. Um, I've seen a bunch of movies, but that's obviously a different format, yeah. a different a different medium, different beats, different pacing. Um, you know, this was just a story that occurred to me that was a Western. Okay. And I just jumped into it and didn't didn't give myself any of the restrictions of, well, this is how you do a Western. Mm-hmm. Um and it's interesting because it can be difficult to talk about a genre you're not familiar with. You know, before I wrote the Western, I wrote a science fiction novel. Okay. And at the time, I was in a writer's group. This was before I had published anything at all. And my writer's group was populated with people who generally wrote um, young adult books. Uh, There was a woman who had a good career going writing, as she put it, dumb horse books, (laughs) which there is a whole market out there Uh for books about girls with their horses, you know, and uh, uh, you know, that market needs filling. So she wrote a lot of those books and she enjoyed it. She had horses. Um, And I was writing this weird science fiction thing Yeah, and we would sit down to talk about it and... They would all be just like, oh my God, like this is so inventive and, you know, this is amazing and blah, 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 blah. And I, you know, I've never seen anything like this before. Uh. And I really thought that was great. And then I started to show it to some science fiction people. Oh. And they were like, oh, yeah, this is sort of like in blank or uh. this, and which I had never read before. Yeah. You know, I wasn't consciously or subconsciously ripping anybody off, but it wasn't as innovative and as groundbreaking right. as these other people made me think because they had no familiarity at all with the genre. Yeah. And once I started showing to people who did have familiarity with the genre, you know, some of the seams began to show and some of the cracks started to show. And so, yeah. Um, you know, having you look at this Western, I know that you are not a Western fan. Um, I don't. I don't know. Have you ever even seen a western? I mean, someone
0: um, once made me watch Blazing Saddles, and again they had count. to like bolt it's the windows because I wanted to jump movie. out it's of them. It's a hilarious not, movie. No, it's a
1: great movie. No,
0: a bunch of old white men well, back in the '60s thought it was a great movie. We
1: we will just have to agree that you're wrong. <laughs> so anyway, um, what I what I was hoping, what I am hoping to get from your your read of what you've read so far, is whether it works. As a story, okay. whether it coheres as a story and, you know, I mean, things like character, things like pacing, mm-hmm. things like, like plot, those things have to work regardless of what genre you're writing. Yeah. So that's, that's the stuff that we can talk about, yeah. hopefully.
0: Okay. So we'll talk about those things. <laughs> yes, we will talk about those things. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to, to seeing the rest of the story yeah. and hearing from you about, about it. But, um, but that's not included in your five
1: no, that's not that, – okay. that is something that – I mean, I, I've been sort of haunted by this project
0: mm.
1: for, for you know, 10, 15 years now. Whenever I finished writing it, I don't remember. And and I've just always been of the opinion that I wrote it before I was ready to write it. Okay. And that an older, wiser, more mature Barry might be able to go back and fix its problems because mm. I know that there are problems. And that it might be a really, really great book if I could go back and do that. Because when I was, this is the project that I was showing to editors and agents again, right before I wrote fanboy and goth girl. And what I was hearing from them was not what I had heard in the past, which was no, but what I was hearing from them was almost
0: right. Let me see your next thing.
1: Literally. That's what they were saying. Let me see what you do next. Let me see what you do next. You're almost there. Yeah. And so I, I feel like this is the book that got away. I feel like if I had written this one, you know, if it hadn't been the one I wrote after the science fiction novel, if I'd written something else, then then, this one, one, that this would have been my first book that I'd published. So I feel like, I feel like it can be rescued, you Uh know? And so there's a part of me wondering, is it worth my time? And is it worth the effort? Because my time is scarce now, Mm -hmm. you know, my, my available time is, well, I don't want to say scarce. It's scarcer. Yeah. You know, I have less time to work. Is it worth doing or is it not worth doing? Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. Okay. And in the meantime, I've got these five other projects that, you know, again, back in the bad old days, I could do three or maybe four of them at once in a year. And I would just, it wouldn't be a question of, gee, which one am I going to do next? But life right. is different. But life is different now. Mm-hmm. Life is different now in in many wonderful, splendid, pooping ways. <laughs> and, you know, I can do one of them next. And I, and I want to figure out which one I want to do mm-hmm. most. I, I want to figure out which one I want to do passionately, yeah. you know? Because any of them would be great, I think. Any of them would be fun to work on. Any of them would make really great books. But which one, which one am I willing mm-hmm. to open a vein for? Right, it, you know? yeah.
0: Well, you're about to have a little bit more time. Yes! This week is going to be our first week having a nanny. A nanny. For two days. Really one and a half.
1: Really one and a half. Well... Like Tuesday at noon through the end of the day Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and the nanny is...
1: Your mother. Yes. Mom, yeah.
0: Yes. Um, We're
1: roping in a grandma.
0: Well, <laughs> it's really funny because, what, a week and a half ago... You called me at work and I picked up and said, hey, bear. And you said,
1: I can't take hello. it anymore. You said, I'm I ready. I'm ready for it. a nanny. Well, you know, it was a rough week. She was, yeah. Leia was.
0: She's transitioning she, to one nap. She
1: is transitioning from two naps to one nap. And in the process of doing that, she will go a day where she won't nap until late in the day. And mm-hmm. then she'll just nap for a little while. And then the next day she'll nap all day. Yeah. And then the next day she'll nap in the morning. For a little while and then and in the afternoon it, yeah. for a little while. And then she's just all over the place. Yeah. And, and you know, I can handle only so much chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I need some kind of something that I can rely on. Yeah. Because, I you know, the other day, for example, uh, I put her down in the morning and I thought, well, we'll see what happens. And she did fall asleep. And I thought, great. And you, in the morning, her morning naps are typically 45 minutes. If she takes a long nap, it's in the afternoon. So I settled in for 45 minutes. Like, okay, great. I'll answer some email and I'll do some other things. Well, she went almost two and a half hours that morning. Yeah. And I could have done a lot more if I had had any inkling that that she was going to go go that long. But I had no idea. So I was just doing little things here and there, figuring any minute now she was going to wake up. And any minute now ended up being like a hundred minutes later.
0: I remember one day when I was still on maternity leave, she took a three hour nap yeah. in the middle of the day, which she hadn't done before and has right. not done since. And I was sitting on the couch, like, had I known my whole day would have been different. Right. I would have done so much in those three hours. Right. So, anyway, so
1: yeah. we, we, you know, I was ready to do something, anything. And you uh, talk to your mom and it out. I actually, what's funny
0: is I don't even remember how, who suggested it, Yeah. but we were on vacation and I mentioned we're, when I get back, we have to start looking for a nanny. And I think my mom was like, I'll do it for two days a week. And I was like, uh, sold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, because
1: honestly, you know, I called you and I said, I'm done. I'm throwing in the towel. We need to get some help. And 24 hours later, I was like, I can't do it. I mean, you know, I...
0: Oh, you didn't want to... Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I have... We've talked from the earliest episode of this show about how it is very difficult for me to envision handing her over to a nanny or putting her in daycare. Right. And, you know, I had reached my limit that day. Mm -hmm. And maybe if I'd had two or three more days like that in a row... I would have been right, like, yeah. you know, I, no matter what, I'll give her to a stranger at this point. Um, just people on the street here, take my kid for a couple hours. Um, but you know, within, a, within a day, I was already back to, Oh, it's do I really, so bad. it's not yeah. that bad. Do I really, you know, that was a bad, that had been a, a really bad day after three or four really bad yeah, days in a row. Yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like having your mom come up, is sort of the best of both worlds. It It gives me a couple days where I can get some work done Mm -hmm. and I, and really dig in and get some work done. And at the same time, it, I still get three, three days a week where I'm with her alone, which is nice.
0: And, and
1: it's your mom. It's family. Yeah. Yeah, It's family. So it, it, it assuages my, my perhaps insane, neurotic, paranoid delusions, but they're there anyway. They are mine. I own them. And, and this this settles them.
0: Yeah. So it's, I'm excited to see what this week brings. Yeah. I expect that I'm just after... going to start drinking as
1: soon as she gets here. I'm just going to start That's slamming what, back the booze as soon as she gets here.
0: But I also fully expect a complete novel to be written by the end of next week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not that fast. I'm not that fast.
0: No, but really I'm excited for you. And yeah. I, I just want to commend you because you've been doing this now for... I went back to work when Leia was four months old, part time and then full time when she was six months old. So you've been doing this full time for seven months now.
1: And and and
0: part time -time longer than that. Yeah. So well done you.
1: And actually it was harder part-time like that was that the the time like i don't want to discount those times you were working part-time yeah because the days you were home were great but the days you weren't home were awful because she she was was so off because you would be home a day and then gone two days and then Mm -hmm. home two days and then gone two days and she just didn't know how to deal with it on the days you weren't here yeah and it was it was insane yeah
0: parenthood Parenthood. It is not for the faint of heart. Who knew? <laughs> Everybody else <laughs> says, it. Know, yeah. Everybody says
1: it. Everybody says it's so easy. <laughs> the movies and TV shows make it look easy. So, yeah. All right. So we'll see what happens there.
0: Yeah so we will fill everyone in. Um, Quick reminder before we sign off, please send us your favorite first line.
1: Yeah, as we said a couple of weeks ago on the show, we want great first lines that that aren't necessarily slam-bang, bombastic, Mm -hmm. crazy-ass first lines, just like really cool first lines that pulled you into a book.
0: Even just like warm bath first lines, you know, like the kind that just sort of slowly sink Like slow build type Yeah, Uh, We've gotten a few. We've gotten a few already.
1: Keep sending them in. You can tweet them at us. You can send them to us on the website by email or in the comments whatever you want to do and uh, and when we gather a bunch of them we will we'll read them on the air mm-hmm. and that'll be fun
0: nice in yeah. accents maybe even
1: we we do have access we do. We to have, accents we so we could do sense. that yeah
0: all right thank you so much for listening everyone visit us online at writinginreallife.com, or or follow us on twitter at wirlpodcast And subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, you can rate us, which would be awesome. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks.
1: See you, everyone. Bye.